0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklavik. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast. Thank you for joining me. It is Wednesday, July 8th, as I speak here at midday, a little bit lower trade in the row crop markets, a nice higher trade in the weak market. Uh, I'm not really here to talk about anything market specific today. we got a little bit different conversation, but uh, thank you for tuning in again. Remember, if you have not already subscribed to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff podcast, go on Apple or Google, whichever podcast app you have. Hit that subscribe button so you are made aware when new content is available. If you don't have a podcast app on your phone, I highly suggest that you get one. There are a lot of good uh, ag podcasts and, and a lot of good podcasts in general out there that uh, you should you should check out. It's, it's totally free, this thing, and it's really a great platform. So certainly um, get a podcast app if you don't have one. The episode I'm doing today is kind of by special request. I've had a lot of customers and listeners uh, request that I do an episode about the funds because I think there's a lot of confusion or just a lot of unknowns regarding who are the funds, why do we care about what they do, Joe, why do you talk about the funds all the time, all that sort of stuff. To start off, uh, we're going to talk about CFTC Commitment of Traders Reports. The CFTC is the Commodity Futures Trading Commission, and every Friday after the close, they issue a Commitment of Traders Report. And The Commitment of Traders Report essentially tells us how the largest traders in the market are positioned. That's what it does, and that's where we get these fund positions from. When I say the funds are net short 200,000 contracts of corn, I got that number from a CFTC report. Uh, Prior to 2009, CFTC would group large traders into three categories, basically. There were commercials, non-commercials, and non-reportables. Commercials are pretty much what you think they are. They're large Hedgers, um, they are were you know grain elevators, uh, maybe a big cattle feeder, maybe an ethanol plant. Someone who hedges uh, large amounts of of grain, livestock, whatever they, they were hedgers. Um, non commercials were non commercials. They were people who were large traders that did not have uh, necessarily an underlying physical position, so they were speculators. And prior to two thousand eight or two thousand nine, the non commercials were the funds. Non-commercial and fund were basically interchangeable terms. Uh, Non-reportables were large traders that didn't fall into one of those first two categories. We're not going to talk too much about that. Fast forward um, again since two thousand eight two thousand nine CFTC has gone to a more I guess detailed way of categorizing these large traders. Uh, the first category that they use now is producer slash merchant slash processor slash user. So that's the same basically as commercials. It's it's large hedgers, uh, people who engage in production, processing, packing, or handling of a physical commodity. They use the futures market to offset. The risks associated with those activities. So you go sell a bunch of corn to uh, your grain elevator. They're going to use the board to offset the risk associated with that position. Um, And and it's it's basically the same thing as that old commercial category for the most part. So that's your first category. Your second category in this new way of categorizing things is a swap dealer. And a swap dealer, as defined by CFTC, is an entity that deals primarily in swaps for a commodity and uses the futures market to manage your hedge hedge risk. Um, swap dealers can be hedgers or speculators. They are um, basically companies or groups that put together these structured products or over-the-counter products, and they're not necessarily made on an exchange like the Board of Trade or or the CME group or whatever, um, but they use the futures market to offset the risk associated with these products. So That's what a swap dealer is. We're not going to talk too much ab- about that. Third category is money manager or managed money. And this is the funds. This is where we put the funds now, money manager. And for the purposes of this report, I'm just reading this right off the CFTC text here. A money manager is a registered commodity trading advisor, a CTA, a registered commodity pool operator, or an unregistered fund identified by CFTC. These traders are engaged in managing and conducting organized futures trading on behalf of clients. So managed money, money managers, or the funds, all the same thing, are large speculators who are most often managing money for other people. They can be pension funds, they could be large hedge funds, they could be um, just any any sort of fund that's speculating in the market that has a big position. And uh, that's who we're talking about when we talk about the funds is managed money. Uh, the fourth category is other reportables, and that's kind of that non-reportable uh, position. It, it, it's somebody who has a big position but doesn't necessarily fall into one of those first three categories. Um so again, so that that kind of lays it out for you. You've got a bunch of different groups of traders. So, I think there's some misconceptions with the money managers or the funds, and first of all, why we care about them, but second of all, what these positions mean. One misconception is that the funds are just one group of people that all have the same position, and that's not true. Um, here's an example of how last week's. Report broke down in, in terms of the corn market. So, managed money as of last Tuesday, June 30th, had a net position. They were net short 212,000 contracts. What maybe you don't know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, some of the funds were long and some of the funds are short. There were funds in total who were long 164,000 contracts. There were funds who were short a total of 376,000 contracts. So you take the difference and that's your net position. That's who we talk about when we talk about the fund position. We're talking about the, the net position. So right now, yeah, the funds are heavily short as a whole, but there are funds out there who are long the market. And even when the funds were short, net short, more than 300,000 contracts a week or two ago, there were still funds who were long the market in that during that time frame. It just so happens that the shorts held by funds outweighed the longs held by other funds. And what we talk about is the net position. So don't think that all the funds always have the same position all the time. That's not how it works. It's not a group of people who get together in an office or on a conference call on Wall Street and decide we're going to be long the corn market or we're going to be short. That's not how it works. There are, uh, there's going to be funds always who are long. There will always be funds who are short. The position that we talk about is the net position, the net position. That's, uh, Maybe one of the first things that I think is very, very important that maybe a lot of people don't understand. You know, a lot of us who do ag radio and ag TV and media and, and podcasts and all that stuff, we don't necessarily talk about that a whole lot. We just talk about that net fund position because that seems to be the thing that matters uh, to me at least. But there are always funds that are long. There are always funds that are short. The same goes for the rest of these categories too. I mean, the, the producer, merchant, processor, user category. There's always going to be some that are long. There's always going to be some some that are short. Um, Same goes for swap dealers. Um, So that's a misconception. I think that all the funds are long or all the funds are short. That is not how it works at all. This is a a big group. There's a lot of different funds out here included in this report. And what we're talking about is their net position, their net position. There are always going to be some funds who are long. There will always be some funds that are short. Now, why do I care so much about the net position of the funds? Why do I think it's important? For me in particular, and, and people use this data in different ways to draw different conclusions. I'm gonna tell you how I use it. I think that the position of managed money or the funds, the net position, is probably the best way that I can actually quantify sentiment in the market. It's the best way that I can quantify or 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 give me it gives me some sort of tangible indicator indicator of sentiment in the market. It's not just me reading through my Twitter feed or reading newsletters from analysts and trying to put together an idea of what consensus is or what sentiment is. This actually tells me and puts a number on it. What is the sentiment among the largest speculators in the world? And I think that that's uh, why it is important to me. And I've talked about this in regard to grain marketing and how I like to use these uh, commitment of traders reports and specifically the position of the funds or managed money as a grain marketing tool. And the way that I use it is like this. When the funds or managed money has, when they have a big net long position, when they're heavily long the market, that's when I'm most interested in making cash grain sales. Um, I want to be a seller when the market's up, when sentiment is positive, when maybe we've had some upward movement in prices. And those sort of things typically happen when the funds are net long the market. So that's why I've said in these podcasts before, I like to make sales when the funds are net long and not when they're net short. That's why. As we've just seen here recently, um, just as recently as a week or two ago, the funds were net short more than 300,000 contracts. Now, even when that was the case and corn was down at $3.10 or whatever, there were still some funds that were long during that time frame. It just so happens that the funds who were short drastically outweighed the funds that were long. But when the funds are net short a big amount that is a red flag for me when it comes to grain marketing. I don't like to make sales when the funds are heavily net short or even net short at all typically. Um, because when, when the funds are heavily net short, that typically means the market's down. It typically means we've been in bear market territory. Um, it, it typically means that sentiment are is bearish and that's not when I want to be making sales. Now, on the flip side of that, if I'm advising an end user of corn, uh, I'll look for that and if the funds are short 250,000 contracts or 300,000 contracts net, um I may be interested in locking up some of my corn needs or my soybean needs when the funds are heavily short um the soybeans or locking up wheat needs when the funds are heavily short the wheat. So that's how I like to use the the managed money position or the fund position. They're one and the same. Um I like to essentially go the opposite way of the funds when they get to an extreme. I want to be a a buyer or lock up needs of a product when funds are heavily short and the market's down, and I want to be a seller, do my grain marketing uh, when the funds are heavily long. Is that a perfect system? No. No, there's no such thing as a perfect system, but it's been, in my experience in grain marketing, at least a pretty good system. If you could simply just only sell when the funds were long the corn market, you'd be in a lot better shape than if you maybe didn't pay attention to this stuff or you made a lot of sales when the funds were, were short the market. So that's how I like to use it. Now, other people will use other portions of this report and draw conclusions from it also. Some people look at the position of hedgers, the producer, merchant, processor, user category, and they'll draw conclusions based off of that. Some people will look at... Um, all sorts of different stuff, how how the position of managed money uh, uh, pens out in terms of open interest or, or things like that. I tend to keep it really simple. I look at the net position as compared to the net position over the last five or 10 years, and I try to make my decisions based on that but um, the funds are not one group. There's a whole bunch of funds that are put into this category by CFTC. They are not all long or all short. There's always going to be some funds who are long. There will always be some funds that are short. And uh, I think it is good information. In fact, I've said this before. I think it may be one of the best, if not the best, grain marketing tools that I'm aware of, aside from maybe the actual spreadsheet that tells tells you what your profit margins are going to be on your farm. In terms of trying to to maybe pick spots in the market throughout a calendar year, uh, when to make sales i think that the cftc reports and and in particular the position of large money managers or the funds again one and the same uh, is is very very good data i've i've put it to good use over the years it's, it's really served me well I'm sure there's something i left out here so if you want some more information or if, if you have a question shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. i will reply to you personally and try to answer your question the best i, I can I, this is a very simplified breakdown there's a lot more details there's a lot more nuances to this but I want to explain it the best that I can um, as it relates to grain marketing and and hopefully gave you a little bit better understanding if you didn't understand a lot of this already. Now, if you're a, a trader or an or an analyst or a broker, you probably already know this and this is uh, a very elementary type stuff for you. But maybe this is something that you didn't know. I, I hope it helped you out if you, if you didn't have an understanding of this. And again, shoot me an email if you have questions. If you... Uh, would like to know a little bit more about how I do my grain marketing, um, go to my website. It's standardgrain.com. You can go to that website and click on grain marketing plan. I've got a subscription service that I offer. It's $49 a month. Anybody can buy it. Um, you can cancel it at any time for that 49 bucks a month. You'll get my morning email that goes out every morning at 630 central time, every day of business. And it has a text message service that accompanies it. And you'll know when, how, and specifically I'm pricing corn, soybeans, and wheat uh, throughout the year. There's no acreage fee. You don't have to be a futures or options trader to to be involved in that. So certainly check that out if you're looking for some help. StandardGrain.com, click on Grain Marketing Plan. Everyone have a great week. Uh, Hope this was helpful. We'll catch you uh, next time.